Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us at Church Online. We're so excited that you're here. If today is your first time joining us online, let me just go ahead and say thank you. We're so excited that you're here. I want to um, share a message with you that I was able to share this past Monday night at our She Gathering. In fact, let me go ahead and tell you to save the dates. If you are a woman of Cultivate in Shelby County, come in, join us. The next time it will be December the 6th. It's a Monday night. You will not want to miss it. I was able to share this message this past Monday, and it is just has been a joy for me to be able to study and prep and to share. Uh, specifically because we are in a culture of where we are encouraged to just have a little bit of me time or maybe a little bit of self-care. I'm sure you've heard of that. And while me time and self-care are my love language, I love it so much, I also know that in seasons of long-suffering or um, just uh, a hard a hard week, a hard month, hard whatever, we as humans are natural to say, well, let me just get past this. If I could just get to Friday, if I could just get past this season in life, and while me time and uh, self-care and being able to do all the fun things as, uh, as, as women or men or whatever, whenever you do that, it's great, except that it's not going to be the thing that sustains you. And it's the time in that you have with your Father and in the Word, and that's the heart of this message. And so I want to go ahead. We'll dive right on in. Uh, before we do that, I kind of want to set up um, just a little bit of the backstory of John and where we are. We're going to be in John chapter 15. Uh, first off, the writer of the book is John. And he's kind of um, just a, 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 like one of my favorite personalities because he notes in the Bible that he is the beloved disciple. And just, you know, my personality, I already recognize that I am my parents' favorite. And so I can go ahead and see that in scripture where he says, just for all, for everyone to know, I am Jesus' favorite in the Bible. There it is. I just have a lot of appreciation for that. But in John chapter 15, we are entering into the last leg of Jesus' journey here on earth. He has already had his last meal with his disciples. He has already washed their feet. And now he's entering into this final conversation, his, his what matters, like what's heavy on his heart uh, before the crucifixion. So we'll go ahead and read in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and weathers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. 
Notice Jesus isn't telling them how to get saved or go to heaven with him. He's already had those conversations. What Jesus is saying here are the words of a savior that mean the people mean something to them. And he's wanting his people to remain because he knows that there's value in being able to, to prune and then also produce. In seven verses alone, he says remain eight times. There's some weight to that. When someone is saying something in just a short amount of time to remain eight specific times. Uh, I don't know about you, but if my husband were to tell me to remain or any kind of instruction one or two times, then, you know, sure, there's a note there. Seven, eight times, you better believe I'm listening, even though he may say that it's more like 70, 80. Uh, the word remain in Greek is shortened to meno, which means to abide, to stay, to reside, to last, to persist, to continue to live on, to wait for, to keep on. Why is Jesus so insistent that we remain? Plant lover or not, we know that branches must always stay attached to the vine or else it's doomed. Absolutely nothing is possible for the branch except for it to wither or die unless it's attached to the vine 24-7, 365. Notice in verse 1, Jesus points out that he is the grapevine and his father is the gardener. Do you see that Jesus could have referenced any produce in fact, he chose grapes for a multitude of reasons. But one thing that I like to see and point out is that um, I would assume I've never planted a vineyard before, but if I did and, the, and my produce is grapes, then I'm not going to be looking for one or two grapes here and there. No, you're looking for a bunch of, of produce. You want a bunch. In the same way, we're called to produce much fruit, not just one or two things here or there. If we are constantly remaining and in him and attached to the vine, then we are going to be able to produce much fruit. I'm not a master gardener by any means. Uh, I barely qualify for the plant mom t-shirt, but it is something that I've recently um, picked up within the past few years. And I'm just going to be honest. My specialty, I would probably say, is in the fiddle, uh, fiddle leaf world. And there's just something about seeing a little bloom come to life, knowing that just after minimal care and a little bit of love and self-talk self to them, like, hey, you pretty plant, you're doing such a good job growing. And then there's just this beautiful produce right in front of you. I mean, I'm a real mom. Like, I get it. I have two children. But there's just something about that bud that brings me just a crazy amount of joy. Uh, I was over at a friend's house uh, not long ago, and we had both kind of dappled into the world of fiddle leaves, and I noticed that um, her plant, her fiddle leaf, was, was a little, little struggle, and uh, as we were standing there, I saw a brown leaf just fall to the bottom to gather and be with the rest of the brown leaves at the very bottom of the fiddle leaf. Me... My personality, I didn't feel like I would be an excellent plant mom if I just continued to let that plant live there. It just, it didn't feel right. So I took the plant home, I repotted it, I put it into a new home, I nurtured it, I pruned what needed to be pruned. And y'all, that thing is living and thriving and um, Plant Keegan is its name. It's living its best life and producing because the necessary t steps were taken in order to be able to produce. Uh, 
No one enjoys a pruning, but the dead leaves are taking the nutrients away from what is meant to produce. Jesus makes it very clear. We have to remain in him. What does that look like? Spending time in his word. In verse 6, it says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. And that's a pretty hard truth. But in verse 7, it says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Remain in me and my words will remain in you. To have grit, to be rooted, to have stamina, to have any hope whatsoever, you have to stay in his word. You know, I'm 38 years old now, and uh, I've been in the Bible since I was 15 years old. And uh, I, I do not have every verse memorized, and I couldn't tell you probably what I read just this time last week. But let me ask you, can you go back and think what you ate this time last week? Or maybe even last year, this, this time last year? No, you probably can't. But we know that the food is meant for nourishment, just like how the scripture is meant for our soul. It is a constant nourishment. And Jesus knew that. I love the second part in verse 7 because it says, Ask anything you want and it will be granted. Yes, sign me up for that scripture. That's the best kind. I mean, I'm here for that. But is Jesus really saying it as in like a magic genie situation? No. He's saying ask anything that you want and it will be granted because as you are spending time with him in his word, remaining in him, you get to know who our father is, how his characteristics are. I have an 11-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son and just a few weeks ago, the Christmas catalogs came out. And so just as a fun, you know, tradition, we asked them to go through, circle everything that they wanted. Naturally, all three catalogs were all circled. And uh, uh, because I have parents and um, grandparents and everybody's asking for Christmas lists, I asked them to condense. I said, just give me your top five. And my son, who was five, one through five, had his sister write everything, everything, everything 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 one through five and I was like okay noted he's gonna be super easy to shop for my 11 year old daughter wrote one through five specifics of what she was looking for and then I noticed the marker changed a little bit and then it said six through ten and she just happened to see a few other things and so on the back of it I, I'm pretty sure I saw where it said 11 through 15 on it but I want you to recognize that it's the one who has been in relationship with us the longest, who knows the ways of her parents a little bit more. She knows the specific ask, the way to ask, the details of it. I love that they're asking big things. I love that my son can write everything. That's similar to how whenever I started out my journey with God, uh, I, everything, Lord, and I believe you can do everything, 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 everything but it's in that relationship with him over time that I understand that even though my everything seems great to me at that moment, that's not really, it may not be my best yes. And so the Lord's gonna reserve that for me. Just like how my daughter, who's 11, who's been in relationship with us the longest, will see that, okay, mom and dad aren't really gonna do everything, but this was what is best for me. This is what they know I will love. This is what will bring joy to my life. 
And so I just think that that is so incredible. As we um, grow in the Lord and we have that relationship with him, we are seeing those characteristics of how our Father does step in, how he does answer our prayers. Uh, And yet, in a culture that speaks louder than our Bibles, we see Jesus' followers walk away because maybe either remaining has been tedious or difficult. And it can be. It can be tedious. Sometimes it's that trudge, that day in, day out. That's where we talk about we don't follow our feelings because that tedious, it's that hidden work, that hard work, that heart work that matters. Or if it's just difficult and pruning and life circumstances, they are difficult. But that's why the voice of our Savior is saying, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Do not give up. Remain in me. Trust me when I tell you that I am here for a good time. I love everything to do with uh, smiling and laughing and just the joys of life because we all know life can be hard sometimes. And it has to, we have to look for that smile to be able to sustain us throughout the day. But just as we are going to have, in a perfect world, where we would want all those things to happen, and if, if that's available, you better believe I'm signing up for it, but that's just not how life works. We know that there's going to be hurts, and we're going to get bad news, and we're going to have um, consequences. We're going to have pruning that hurts. There is an enemy out there whose job is to steal, kill, and destroy, and we have to remain in him. We have to abide, we have to stay, we have to reside, to last, to continue to live, to keep on, to wait for. We're already gonna do hard things, so why not do them in the right direction? Jesus knew that it would not be easy, so he goes on to encourage us in verse nine. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that your joy may be in you, I'm sorry, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I think that there is something so powerful about a Savior who is not just having a casual conversation with just anyone. These these are his disciples, his friends, the ones that he has gone through life with and, and spent time and remained with them, and, and, and helped encourage, and help push forward, and, and do the hard things together, that he's saying, remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. What's that command? To love each other as I have loved you. And why? He said, because I've told you this joy, I told you this, because I want my joy to be in you, and your joy to be complete. So he's not leaving us. He's not just saying, well, good luck. You've got it on your own. You've got to handle it yourself. No, he's saying all of this, all of this will come together. And just so you know, there's joy to be involved with this. This is not just a doom and gloom kind of relationship. Jesus knowing what was on the other side, what his last final days were looking like, and yet he's still concerned 
about the joy that is in our life. Jesus knowing, full picture, saying, greater love has this, than, uh, no, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. The grit, the dirty knees, the calloused hands, the hell that will come your way doesn't just happen because you don't want it to happen. I wish I, wish I didn't even have to say that sentence, but that's a hard truth. We don't get to just completely escape it. I've lived and I've experienced sorrow and anguish and heartache and doubt and dark seasons. And I know that you're not exempt from that. I know that our children are not exempt from that. And Jesus knew that. So he went on and had these powerful words for us. Later on in your time of study, go through and read a little bit further into John chapter 16, chapter 17, where he's continuing to urge his, uh, uh, encourage his friends to remain, but also so we don't give up on our faith. I love that he um, is a savior through and through, and knowing that his time on earth was short, physically on earth, uh, that he went on in verse 26, and he says, but I'm going to send you an advocate, the spirit of truth, he will come to you from the Father and testify of me. He will testify all about me. Advocate, it just simply means a comforter, encourager, counselor. And that is the final words of, the, of that conversation that he's having. He's saying, don't worry. I know that it's hard, and I know that a lot of this just sounds really heavy that I'm having to tell you this, and I know you don't have full picture of what's really happening in your life right now, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending an encourager. I'm sending a counselor. I'm sending your advocate from your father. Maybe you're watching, and you aren't a follower of Jesus, and you've cycled in the same season season after season, because you don't know about a father who loves to remain with his children. Or maybe you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, but you haven't been remaining in him. That maybe sometimes the, uh, your attention or your time has been pulled elsewhere. But the last thing that you want to have happen is for your life to wither up and die away and not have any produce to show for it. That you have all of these gifts that your father has given you and he wants to pull that out in you. And yet because it's a little bit tedious or a little bit difficult, you're just choosing to put that attention elsewhere. And I can promise you that there is more to your Christian walk and to your faith journey than just allowing to be on the side. And maybe you're here because you need a simple reminder that you're not alone. I love when it says, my words remain in you, and, or you remain in me, and I will remain in you. So it's cool to think about how we will abide, we will stay, we will persist, all those things. But on the flip side of that, when we think about our Father doing that same thing for us, it's his word, it's true that he will reside, he will last, he will persist with you, he will continue to live with you. He's not abandoning you, he wants to wait with you, he wants to keep on with you, he is for you. 
I want to join arms with you. I want to pray with you. I want you to know that you are not alone, that you have a Father that loves you unconditionally, that He wants you to remain in Him. He wants to show you this incredible world of this purpose that He's given you that only you have to be able to bring great glory to His Father, bring great glory to Him. That's how it works. And how beautiful are the words of Jesus, that that's what's on His heart, that's what matters to Him in this final conversation is us. It's always us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to die for us, to lead us, to comfort us, to remain with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you do your work and at this very moment that you make yourself known to each individual in this place. I pray for us always to bring glory to you and for us to experience the joy that you promise no matter the circumstance around us. For those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you're watching this right now and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you have been pulled in because you know that there's more to the life that you have and that that, that, that call of remaining in him is, is right where you are right there. So I love to pray with you and partner with you in that prayer. So pray with me. Father, we are so grateful that you sent your son to live a perfect life here on earth, to, to die for us, and then to come back to life so we can spend eternity with you. I ask God that you forgive me of my sins and that you help us in the times that we, it just becomes difficult and it's hard that you help us remain in you. And Father, for my friends that are listening, that know that there are more to a Christian walk than just having a little bit of Jesus time on the side to where me time or self-care or other things take place. Lord, that you are, we are to remain in you. So I ask God to help us to remember who you are in our lives. Lord, that you want us to remain with you, that we have a life that produces much fruit so we can bring great glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen.